question of the day. What kind of car does Jesus drive? A Honda Accord. And I'm sure you've heard that tired out joke a million times. You haven't heard this episode of the Mental Revival. I'm your host, Marco Tyner, and I just want to thank you all for tuning in faithfully, for trusting me to deliver God's word the way it was intended to be delivered. Nothing but the truth and nothing cookie cut. Now, on this episode, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks. When I seen that this topic was requested by a fan, God led me to go even deeper in this topic. He led me to really study this topic and figure out things that I previously didn't know. Because it's important that we understand spiritual warfare is real and that there is an enemy out to get us. If we don't understand this topic and figure out the ways to prepare The devil is going to run wild in our life, and we can't live overcoming lives if we are losing the battle of spiritual warfare. So, Father God, we thank you on this fine evening, Lord. Lord, we thank you for everyone who's tuning in, Lord, everyone who's going to listen to this podcast, God, to just hear your word and hear your truth, God. Father, I ask that you anoint my lips, Lord, to speak your truth, Lord, to speak your word, God, in the way that you intended, Lord, not through the flesh, Lord, but through the spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you soften the hearts for those who are listening, Lord, that you open their ear gates, Lord, that you open their mind, you open their hearts to receive the word that you have for them, Lord. Lord, I pray that this word gives people people power, Lord, to overcome spiritual warfare and to overcome the enemy in their lives, God. We ask that this word, this word that you have given us, Lord, it lays on our hearts, Lord. It lays in our minds, Lord, and it builds a foundation, Lord. So when the devil does try to attack us, Lord, we have that foundation to rebuke and defeat the devil in the name of Jesus, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. We use your word to glorify you, Lord. We use your word to give you praise and honor. We give you all the recognition. In Jesus' name, we say amen. Now, what is spiritual warfare? What are spiritual attacks? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Again, that scripture says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks are going to happen in everybody's life. Even if you don't believe in God, there's no denying that spiritual attacks are real. Those thoughts of doubt, those thoughts of anxiety, Those feelings of hopelessness and even suicidal thoughts are all examples of spiritual attacks happening in our life. But before we can receive the godly keys into defeating and overcoming spiritual attacks, there are a few aspects and key components we must understand about spiritual warfare. And number one, spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks isn't something we can see. Again, spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks isn't something we can see. And what do I mean by that? If we go back to our scripture, Ephesians 6, 12, the opening line says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You see, Paul tells us that spiritual warfare isn't against flesh and blood. What exactly does that mean? This tells us that our battle is indeed spiritual and nothing physical. 
our battle isn't something that we can see with our own eye vision, but it's something we have to see in the spiritual vision. We aren't waging war and fighting against people and objects of this world, but instead we are raging war against the things that we can't see, Satan and his minions. Because the devil may use people and objects to manipulate things in our life, but those people and those objects aren't the person we're battling against in spiritual warfare. It isn't something that we can physically see. It's something that we have to spiritually see. And one of the reasons we lose in spiritual warfare is simply because we don't see the true enemy. For some of us, if we can't physically see what we are facing, we pay no mind to it. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. The devil has been going around for years making the biggest lie known that he isn't real. The devil wants you to believe that he doesn't exist. And if you go around in life thinking that the devil isn't real, if you go around in life basing the things of this world on what you can see, then you are a field day for the devil. The devil is going to devour and swallow you whole. He wants us to be so focused on what we see to the point where we don't pay any attention to the real threat. He wants us to be so focused on the physical that we don't pay any attention to the physical. And it's why we're battling each other in our marriages and relationships instead of battling against the evil rulers. It's why we're battling against our friends and family instead of battling against ungodly authorities. It's why we're battling against the different churches and different denominations instead of focusing on the real enemy, which is Satan. Spiritual warfare is something in an unseen world. And if the devil can get you to focus on the physical world versus the unseen world, you're going to have a very difficult time overcoming your spiritual warfare. You're going to have a very difficult time overcoming those spiritual attacks if you're too busy focused on what you can see. So that's the number one thing that we have to understand. Number two, the enemy's objective in spiritual warfare. What is the devil trying to accomplish in terms of spiritual warfare? We look at Revelation 12, 9, which says the great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. The biggest thing that sticks out to me, it says Satan who leads the whole world astray. Now, what is the devil's objective when it comes to spiritual warfare? He wants to manipulate and persuade you to reject the way of life and redemption through Jesus while also accepting death, destruction, and disconnection from God. Let me say that again. The devil's objective when it comes to spiritual warfare is to manipulate and persuade you to reject the way of life and redemption through Jesus while also accepting death, destruction, and disconnection from God. It's been that way since the beginning of time. We look at Genesis when God created the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The only command for Adam and Eve was to not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And if they ate from that tree, that they would surely die. Then Satan comes onto the scene and he persuades Eve to eat from that tree, who then persuades Adam to eat from it as well. They immediately disobey God, who told them not to eat from that tree. And in the process of them disobeying God, they accept their death, destruction, and disconnection from God. All because Adam and Eve fell subjective to the enemy's objective. So we have to understand, in our spiritual warfare battle, 
the objective isn't the enemy trying to defeat God. It's the enemy coming for you to keep you away from God. Again, we look at Revelation 20.10. It says the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet have been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You see, when I hear that scripture, that gives me a prediction, a prediction that is true, that they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Satan knows that he is already defeated by the power that came from God through Jesus Christ. Satan can never defeat God because of what Jesus did on that cross, which was overcoming death through resurrection. Let me say that again. Satan can never defeat God because of what Jesus did on the cross, which was overcoming death through resurrection. God made this promise be known all the way back of Genesis 3.15. So our spiritual battle isn't about Satan overcoming Jesus, but the objective is for Satan to overcome us and keep us away from Jesus. Because that scripture just told us Satan is already defeated. His destination is going to be in hell where he will be tormented forever and ever. So while he is the prince of this earth, he wants to drag us with him. While he spends his time on this earth rebelling against God and anything God has done, he wants to drag us with him because God is the source of life and everything while Satan is anti-everything. Let me repeat that. God is the source of life and the source of everything. So Satan is anti-everything. When you look up the Greek word of Satan, it means to oppose and to act as an adversary. So Satan opposes everything good that God created, including us. Now, why is his objective to attack us? Because we were created to be made in the image and likeness of God, as Genesis 1.26 tells us. So again, as I said earlier, it doesn't matter who you are or what you believe. Because you were initially created to be made in the image of God, Satan's objective is to destroy you. Because you were made to be in the image and likeness of God, Satan wants to destroy you. He rebels anything God. And so that means he is rebelling and trying to attack us and drag us to hell with him. And if he drags us to darkness, death, and disorder, he accomplishes his goal in spiritual battle. Why is that? Because God is light, order, and life. And we understand that light and darkness can't coexist. Order and disorder can't coexist. And life and death cannot coexist. So the enemy wants to drag you to those negatives so you won't be able to coexist and even see the positive that God has to offer. So again, when it comes to the enemy's objective in spiritual warfare, he wants to take you to hell with him. He wants you to be overcome with darkness, death, and disorder so you won't receive the life, light, and order that God provides for us. He doesn't want you to receive Jesus who overcame death, who already defeated Satan. Satan wants to drag you to hell with him, and he wants you to keep you away from God and the things of Jesus. So we understand that. And spiritual warfare is something we can't physically see. It's in the unseen world. And we understand that Satan's objective is to drag us away from God and drag us to hell with him. Number three, how does Satan plan to fulfill this objective? How does Satan plan to accomplish his objective 
and dragging us away from God and into hell with him. We look at 1 Peter 5, 8, where it tells us to be alert and a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What are the opening lines in that scripture? To be alert and of sober mind. So how does Satan plan to separate us from God and drag us into darkness? He go where it all starts, the mind. Satan wants to take over our minds with simple yet effective plans. First, he gets you to doubt God's ability. He says things to our minds such as, how is God going to bless you abundantly when you've been broke for a long time? How is God faithful yet you feel alone most of the time? How is God your healer when you've been battling this disease and sickness for a year and so on and so forth? You see, Satan tries to take over our mind by sowing the seeds of doubt. He gets a negative situation, a problem that you're facing, something that you've been dealing with. He gets you to look at that situation and he gets you to doubt God's ability in that situation. When you begin to focus on the problem so much, it causes you to doubt God's ability to actually fix the problem. That's why he wants to sow that seed of doubt by looking at a negative situation, by looking at a negative problem, you begin to question and fester those seeds of doubt in your mind. He also wants you to doubt the effectiveness, the effectiveness of God's word. Excuse me. Satan tries to take over your mind by getting you to doubt the effectiveness of God's word. So again, he comes and says things like, why does God say no to premarital sex when it feels so good? Why does God say don't love money when we need it to live? Why does God say to be sober minded when it's fun to get high and drunk? You see, Satan tries to take God's word and make us question whether or not it's meant for us. He wants us to question the validity and the effectiveness of God's word. He tempts us into sin by getting us to focus on things that sound good to the mind and feel good to the flesh. That's how he gets us to fall into sin. That's how he gets our mind off of God and into sin. He wants you to think about the things of the flesh, the things that feel good to your body, the premarital sex, the drinking, the smoking, the partying. He wants you to focus on those things so your mind is away from God and into the flesh. And then he wants to fill your head with lies. And this is one of the biggest way he takes over our mind. He comes and says things like, God doesn't love you. You keep falling victim to sin. How can God love you when you keep falling over and over again? You aren't more than a conqueror. You can't even conquer depression. You can't conquer anxiety. You can't conquer your own anger. How are you more than a conqueror? You can't overcome this anxiety. You can't overcome this anger. You're going to be stuck with it forever. And he sometimes even says things to the extreme, like you're better off killing yourself. You wouldn't be missed. You don't have a purpose. You don't have anything to accomplish in this life. You're just better off killing yourself. You see, Satan tries to fill your head with lies so that you lose faith in God and the promises and the effectiveness in his word. Because if he could sow the seed of lies in your head, that lie will grow a tree that produces fruit in our life. And this fruit isn't the fruit of the spirit, but it's the fruit of the flesh. That fruit will be to go against the things of God, to doubt the things of God. And overall, we will begin to self-harm our mental, emotional, spiritual, and sometimes our physical self. And the crazy thing about Satan, this isn't even all his attacks. 
You see, in Genesis, it says that the serpent was more clever than anything God created. And the clever thing about Satan is that he isn't, this isn't his only attack. He has multiple ways, multiple tricks up his sleeve to infiltrate our mind. He is an adversary who has more than just one trick. He is an adversary who has more than one plan to take over our mind. Jesus tells us in John 10, 10 that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus also informs us that there is no truth in Satan because he is the father of lies. Satan has multiple tricks up his sleeve to get us to fall for his spiritual attacks and lose the spiritual warfare that we are facing in life. So what do we do? Where is the hope in our spiritual warfare? Where is the hope in our spiritual fight against Satan? Where is the hope in this message? Now, as I stated before, the good news is that Satan is already defeated. God has already beaten Satan through Jesus' resurrection and overcoming death. But this puts us in the dilemma. Will we get with the winning side that is Jesus or will we get with the losing side that is everything not Jesus? Because the truth of the matter is everyone faces spiritual attacks. Everyone is dealing with spiritual warfare. But not everyone is able to see the victory in spiritual warfare because everyone isn't aligned with Jesus. Everyone doesn't believe in Jesus. Everyone doesn't believe in God. And because of those things we don't believe in, majority of us are not seeing the victory that God has already given and promised. You see, the Bible instructs us of two ways to overcome Satan and win our spiritual battle. The first is found in Ephesians 6.13. Therefore, put on the full armor of flesh. No. Put on the full armor of self. No. Put on the full armor of world. No. The Bible says to put on the full armor of God so that when evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. To put on the full armor of God. The first thing we have to do in order to overcome spiritual warfare is to equip ourselves with the armor of God, not the armor of the world, not the armor of our wife or husband, not the armor of your pastor, not the armor of yourself, your flesh or this world, but the armor of God. And for those of you who don't know, the armor of God is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of truth. So as I continue to dive into this study, I ask myself, why did God give us these tools? Why does he want to equip us with these weapons and this protection? Why were these the tools that God tells us to use in order to defeat and withstand evil? And as I looked into it, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, everything Satan throws at us is defeated with, good, with what God gave us. Let me say that again. Everything that Satan throws at us is defeated with what God gave us. You look at these tools and these weapons that God gave us. We take the belt of truth. What's the opposite of truth? Lie. What's the opposite of righteousness? It's wickedness. The opposite of peace is conflict and distress. The opposite of faith is mistrust and to doubt. The opposite of salvation is destruction. And the opposite of spirit is flesh. So it makes sense why God gave us these specific tools and weapons. Because when you know and you put on the belt of truth, you know that anything Satan throws at you is a lie. When you have that truth that only comes from God and his word, the lies of the enemy cannot penetrate you. When you put on that belt, 
Satan comes to you and says, you're not more than a conqueror. But because you know God's truth, it says that we are more than conquerors. Satan comes and says that God isn't with you. But the Bible and his truth tells us that God is a stronghold and a fortress to those who believe in him. When you look at his breastplate of righteousness, the opposite of righteousness is wickedness. So when Satan tries to tempt you with sin, when he tries to tempt you with things of the flesh, because you have that breastplate of righteousness, it bounces off. You aren't affected by those things. And if God has already defeated Satan, don't you think the tools that he gave us will do the same thing? It gives us victory because Jesus has victory over Satan. He gives us these tools to experience that same victory, not tools of our own thinking, but tools that have been proven to defeat Satan simply because God gave them to us. And this is where the dilemma comes in. If you are an unbeliever of God, if you don't believe in Jesus, then you cannot take hold of these tools, which brings us to our next scripture and the hope in this message. First John five verses four through five says for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Now, as I stated before, God gave us armor that came from him. But if you are a believer of Jesus, if you don't believe in God, you cannot take that armor into battle because you have to believe to receive that armor. In order to overcome the evil of this world, you have to be alongside of Jesus. You have to be a believer of Jesus. You see, it's not enough to just call on God, but you have to be a believer of God and a believer in Jesus. You have to believe that he is the son of God. You have to believe that he died on a cross for the sins of this world. You have to believe that there on that cross, his resurrection did happen. And that same resurrection was the power to defeating Satan and overcoming death. You have to believe that receiving his Holy Spirit and keeping his commands is the key to not only this life, but eternal life in heaven. If there was a way to overcome Satan without Jesus, don't you think we would have did it? If there was a way to overcome spiritual warfare without God, don't you think majority of us will be prosperous and not suffering from these things? The truth of the matter is we are still suffering because we aren't fully accepting God as our Lord and Savior. We aren't fully believing in Jesus and his victory that he has given us. You see, the world, they don't have the answer. The world tells you things that gives you temporary answers. But when that temporariness runs out, you're back to square one. You're back to dealing with that anxiety. You're back to falling for those spiritual attacks. You're back for dealing with depression. You're back with dealing with suicidal thoughts. The world tries to hide the answer. And that answer is Jesus. The truth is we cannot win this spiritual warfare if we don't have the Holy Spirit. We cannot overcome these spiritual attacks unless we proclaim Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. That scripture told us everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. You simply have to believe in Jesus. You have to receive his Holy Spirit and you have to follow the things of Jesus. That is how you overcome your spiritual warfare. That is how you overcome those spiritual attacks. That is how you feel the effectiveness of the armor of God. It is to simply believe in Jesus and it's to receive his Holy Spirit. Because the battle is here regardless. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, 
Spiritual warfare exists because Satan is coming for you. We are living in a warfare whether or not you want to admit it. And just because we live in a warfare doesn't mean we have to lose that warfare. The victory is only found in Jesus. We're going to face spiritual warfare anyway. So why not align yourself with the one who has already given us the victory? Why not get on the winning side that is Jesus? Why not equip yourself with the armor of God that can only come from Jesus? Because only then, only then will you be able to overcome your spiritual warfare. Only then will you be able to reject the spiritual attacks of the enemy. You may feel them, but you won't be defeated by them. You may experience them, but you will not be defeated by those spiritual attacks when you are on the side of Jesus. So I urge all of you, I'm not going to say get into God because he's coming. I'm not one of those people. I don't know when God is coming. I don't know when Jesus is returning. But I will say this. Jesus is the answer to this life. Jesus is the answer to overcoming the devil. Jesus is the answer to overcoming all these problems that we face in life. When you find Jesus, you find peace. When you find Jesus, you find victory. When you find Jesus, you find his love and his faithfulness. That is the only way we are going to win spiritual warfare. The battle was already won. It's not Satan against Jesus. Satan can't defeat Jesus. Jesus already won that battle. And he's giving you the same opportunity to experience that victory. He's giving you the same opportunity to overcome the world and overcome your spiritual warfare. The belt, the breastplate, the helmet, the shield, and the gospel, and the sword. All of those things are available to you. His Holy Spirit is available to you. Everything that Jesus uses to get victory is available to you. The question is, will you believe in it? The question is, will you accept it? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we have on spiritual warfare today. I hope this episode was able to help someone. I hope this episode was able to encourage someone in the things of God to finally accept Jesus and receive his Holy Spirit, because only then is how we will overcome the problems and things of this world. If this episode was a help to you, be sure to share it with your friends and family. Be sure to turn on post notifications to be notified when the next episode drops. And until next time, peace.